Surprisingly, I know, due to overwhelming response, we decided to pick up the practice and release another episode. Um, yeah. we, we met our goal. We got 32 hits or 32 listens. And 32 listens is quite an odd goal to have. But um, <laughs> I'm gradually sharing this podcast link with more and more people, more or less because I don't care what people think about me anymore. So <laughs> it doesn't matter who I release it to at this point. Actually, I think that when I first listened to it, I thought it's going to be super cringeworthy where I was, you know, typically I prefer not to hear my own voice in video clips, but surprisingly on on a podcast, it's it's not too bad. Yeah, I still might have some remorse later on about releasing it, but, you know, I've been told not to be negative in the opening. You know, that was the feedback that we got from all our dear friends. So I'm glad you're listening. Please listen for the duration of the podcast. Do not stop listening at any point. Yep, agreed. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, were there any other feedbacks? That I, I I got people saying that we should give a little bit more backstories to our stories that we're going to. Do you think? Do you think we need that? Right now, I'm just staring across the table at you, <laughs> thinking about whether I should actually release any details about myself. No, I wouldn't go too that far. But I mean. Today we have no producer Nick, um, so it's a new experience. I mean, it's only second episode in, so everything's new. I really hope that this records, actually. So, I mean, I'm crossing my fingers that I don't have to actually sit here and re-record. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Because the material on this one is going to be like the money material. What do you mean by money? Like, wait, are you talking about this first recording? The first recording and hopefully the only recording we have to do. Yeah, I agree. Well... Since the last time we spoke about a month ago, a lot of things have changed. I mean, Toronto's a championship team now, or a championship city, I guess. MLS. I don't know if you follow, uh, followed that a little bit. No, I don't follow that at all. I know I, I, I sat down <laughs> with you after the championship, but you were there. Tell us about what the environment was like. It was actually pretty hype, but I want to say compared to last year's playoff run, I thought last year's semifinal game, just to make it into the finals, the first time ever, was much more. The atmosphere was definitely different. It's. I felt winning it all was awesome. We kind of expected to win it just because we were the best team throughout the course of like MLS this year. You know, record breaking. We were watching. You know, me and two buddies were watching it together. We were thinking, is this again? Because we faced Seattle Sounders once again in the finals. And last year, they didn't shoot a single shot on goal. And yet they won the championship. And that is how soccer or football is played. (laughs) But, I mean, it's definitely probably... It's my first time seeing a finals and a trophy lift in. Like a real finals championship lift in BMO Field in in Toronto, actually. So that was pretty hype. Uh, I thought it would be a lot crazier, but, you know, we had to catch our pub crawl, so we didn't see, like, the craziness that was happening across the gold train tracks. Did everyone survive the championship celebration? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, 
they had them the parade on monday this is the only time that i kind of regret not working downtown anymore because it seemed pretty hype just people going out to city hall you know though i i probably wouldn't have enjoyed the champagne shower (laughs) in that frigid cold that and the fact that i prefer not to have like beer splash all over me but when you when you think about the legacy of that team and the struggles that they've gone through and the way you described this last season as an overwhelming success going into the playoffs as a favorite may have taken some of the steam out of some of the tension or some of the anticipation out of you know battling for that trophy and winning that championship we know that most toronto teams go in as some sort of underdog yeah no no i agree because i mean i guess the reason why i said last year's playoff run seemed a bit more crazy just because we weren't the best team we're going in there but we also were facing montreal just to get into the finals so that was a crazy game i think the aggregate score at the end of the day was six to five you know, we won it in extra time. You know, we came back after totally crapping the bed out in, like, Montreal, the first leg. But I just felt last year's playoff run was crazy or crazier than this year's. But I wouldn't take anything away from this team. And also this, you know, it's our first time, you know, winning anything. And following TFC since, like, 2008, 2009, you know, it's, you know, finally great to see a product that was so crap that you can buy tickets for $4 to having to pay $150 for, you know, a, a, you know, a seat at the finals. is It's surprising. That's the way that Toronto teams usually work. Once most of those teams catch a, a little taste of success, then up goes the price. And then hopefully the real fans don't get frozen out of being able to actually go and attend those games. See, the craziest thing is, I think, you know how Boston had the longest time where... They had a string of championship, like Boston Celtics won a championship. Uh, New England, you know, Patriots won like five, I think. Is it five? Five Super Bowls. Uh, the Bruins won a bunch. Yeah, Bruins won, went to finals twice, yeah. won one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Sox won a couple as well. I mean, I'm hoping that this is the era where the decade where Toronto's getting that type of success. And I mean... I'm waiting for the Raptors to kind of break through, but it's kind of I can't imagine it happening only because NBA is like a superstar league, right? You need players that can take you to the next level. You know, we, our players are good, but I don't think it's like the top tier, upper echelon kind of players, right? And then the fact that you have the whole league kind of rooting against you when it comes down to the refs, it comes down to the commentators like the TNT team or whatever. <laughs> like everyone says the Raptors are boring. The Raptors don't deserve to be on TV. Raptors want to be playing on Christmas, but no one lets them play on Christmas because the ratings aren't there. They will not have, they'll, basically they'll have, they'll be against the odds the whole time. So they won't really have that opportunity. Maybe un- until LeBron James retires. I, I don't know. They need, they need Drake to kind of promote and push for that. I feel he has enough say to, to get them on Christmas day. But, yeah, I agree. You, you get, like, the big market teams, even though they kind of suck. Like, New York Knicks still getting the Christmas game where it really should have been, you know, Toronto versus... Who, who would they even face? Like, their biggest rivalry right now. I don't think we even have a rival, and that's part of the problem. I agree. Yeah, like... But, but you, then again, it beats putting the Lakers and the Knicks on TV every single holiday. I know that those those markets generate money, but beyond that, I mean... 
it's almost like a cash 22. You say the Raptors aren't, you know, exciting, but they don't get any promotion or any 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 playtime on TV. So how can people get excited about them? I've been following a lot of this uh, the NBA show on the Ringer, their their podcast. Actually, a lot of people are given like low key given Raptors mad respect in terms of changing the way they play. When you look at the stats, like the advanced stats, they're all saying like they're like in the top five in offense and top five in de- defense. But again who knows like until they break you know beat either boston or or cleveland to get to the finals you know they're kind of like the one b versus like everyone's like one a team right yeah and it'll be really tough for them to earn that respect regardless of what the stats actually say i think at christmas day they were they were tops in the eastern conference weren't they were they like uh what last easter day no, I like, think as of Christmas, were they not first or tied? No, first? I think uh, Boston was still first because oh, okay. they played a lot more games when I checked the schedule. But who knows? I mean, NBA, I feel like just the last two years of seeing the success of like Blue Jays getting into playoffs, it seems like each team or each sports team in Toronto is pushing the bar even further until something like kind of boils over like TFC final again, that, you know, MLS Cup winning it all. It's just. And you're seeing like the growth in the Leafs now coming back. It's like they're young. They're still they're still very young actually. Where we're relying on a lot of second year players to carry the load. But I mean, a lot of teams are gonna go through that. And I mean, I can see them reaching that point within the next you know three four years. And I think that would be the cream on top. You know, once the Leafs, if they ever get to that point of winning. You don't know how many people have actually been waiting for the Leafs to actually win something or accomplish something. There's <laughs> been people that have been alive for, what, 50 years and have not seen the Leafs win a single thing. That's true. There's people that pretty much were born after they won their last cup and, and died or passed away and they still haven't seen anything. Not even like the Stanley Cup playoffs That's or the finals, I mean. So, well, I mean, that's that's one of the good news of living in Toronto right now because people are saying, you know, when you win in Toronto, it's the best thing ever. And and you can see it even in with the Jays, right? The last, maybe not this season, but the last two seasons prior, it was nuts. Like going to a playoff game, the atmosphere afterwards is just like people funneling out. You know, people are building statues like yeah. <laughs> like on the spot. They sh- They actually should build statues so we can have an actual statue of something that represents the fans outside the stadium. Yeah. We got that Ted single, Rogers. A single statue of Ted Rogers, a dead man who is in charge of te- telecommunications. I don't think that represents baseball at all. But yeah. That's just me. No, no, I agree. But uh, yeah, so that's that's one thing. Yeah, speaking of like the fans, it's just like going to the playoff games, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence. There's pros and cons. You you know, when we're going to like the TFC playoff games, we're seeing a lot more bandwagon fans jumping on. You know, uh, as someone that's been there through the thick and thin, you know, I, I, should, I can't be the one that says like, hey, they shouldn't be there. But at the same time, you know, they... Is I that not like what you're need... saying right now? No, no, but <laughs> I feel attending a couple of games during the regular season just to get the feel of the atmosphere and get like an idea of how everything works is is probably the i think one of the steps into going into the playoffs right like just uh the thing with going to a toronto sporting event especially the leafs 
it's like you want to chant, you want to chant, go Leafs go. But when you chant it and and the corporate, you know, suit and tie guys beside you just like sit in their stone cold eating their sushi, it's you know, it's you even feel worse because like you feel shame chanting and cheering for your team. You feel like there's eyes all around you looking at you and not in a good way. Yeah. Those guys are like, shut up. I'm trying to close a business deal right now. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. But what, what can you do sometimes? Or it's gotten to a point where it's actually better to watch a game outside, right? Yeah. I feel like, I guess, bandwagon fans going to a soccer game, at least when it's played in November. Was it November or December? It was November, right? It was November and December, actually. The finals was like December 9th, so... Fans going to games when in frigid temperatures, I don't know if you could call yourself... You earned your stripes. You're not a bandwagon fan anymore. If you're willing to, to, to brave those temperatures just to sit out there. Yeah. Then again, I know Toronto people love to wait in lines. <laughs> Toronto people love to have... like they, they, they wait in line just to have the experience. Yeah. They just want to tell their friends, I was there. Yeah. Right? They don't really want it for anything else. Yeah. No, no. I, I, I hear you. That's why... I, I get it. Like, people like to record the event itself. You know, take lots of pictures. I think that's one of the things I've been trying to dial back on in terms of, like, sharing my, you know, you know, sharing my life through mo- social media nowadays. I don't know if it's because, like, I'm thinking, like, privacy-wise or, you know, am I in a, you know, position where I'm starting to feel like I should actually experience it like what am i gonna do with this video clip of you know 15 seconds you know i'm showing to people who probably would never even watch it anyways it's a social status thing right i guess what you're doing now is shifting the focus from your your instagram account or your facebook account into this now you're sharing your life experiences through the airwaves yeah it's a little bit more more personal you're not just seeing like a snapshot and you know you can kind of you know, sugarcoat everything when you're doing it like that. Like, you you take the perfect shot. You, you do everything in that sense. I mean, I, I still share sometimes because especially when I get super drunk and wasted. You know, half of it is for you. Half of it is for you to remember that you were actually there and that you yeah. saw it. No, I agree. That that's exactly it. It's just, but when you see everyone holding up their phones or even the Kobe celebration on on his, you know. Jersey retirement. You see Allen Iverson just holding up the phone. I'm like, dude, just watch it. You, you, you know, it's being recorded on, on national TV anyway, so you, you can see it. No one gives a sh- you know, no one cares what you're, you know, why are you looking through your phone, right? That's that's how I'm starting to kind of see some of this stuff. Right, and I guess not to throw your boy or your, your champion under the bus, but uh, Josie Altador. Yeah. At the, oh, the, yeah. the ceremony at the Air Canada Center before the game, before the Leafs game, He's on his phone on Instagram, just like taking snaps and, and sending out his social media stuff. And he totally like ices Leo Komarov. Yeah. Komarov goes for the handshake. There was no handshake to be had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think um, afterwards they actually did, you know, they apologize on Twitter. You know, that seems to be the way way things work nowadays. You, you just give a shout out on Twitter. Yeah, I mean, that would never work for most circumstances. <laughs> yeah. Especially with all the, you know... The accusations being thrown around, just throw out an apology on Instagram or on Twitter. You'll be fine, right? Yeah. But that that's that's one of the things that change. I mean, what's new with your life? My life? Yeah. Well, I recently got gravely ill. Uh, 
once every two years, I, I, I managed to poison myself. <laughs> and I don't know how it happens, but I just haven't been right since. So, I mean, I can just laugh about it right now. But, yeah. like, the ecosystem is not right. The ecosystem has been disrupted. <laughs> so, I'm, I'm still working my way back. Um, Wait, what do you think you ate? Uh, I don't know. I'm narrowing it down to a couple things. Um, either zucchini noodles, some bad zucchini noodles, <laughs> or whatever kimchi rice I had on that weekend. Oh, wow. I, I don't know what it could be. Kimchi is supposed to help. Kimchi is not supposed to destroy my gut. Yeah. Bacteria, right? Did you eat your zudos raw or? Uh, I, I threw them on the pan with some like pesto, um, salt and pepper. Yeah. And uh, olive oil. Yeah. I've been lucky. I haven't gotten food or, yeah, like uh, food sickness in a, or food poisoning in a while. Uh, I know other people that's done like food poisoning three times in just one year. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's someone out there less fortunate than I am, but I think that illness on that day i woke up with a backache and i'm thinking you know what i'm getting older it's probably just a backache let me just go into work see how it feels and then by the afternoon i was just like shit shit i should not have come into work today <laughs> and then i had to get home so i just left work early and went on the subway on the streetcar in the subway yeah and i was i was not having a good time did you toss on, it on that moving vehicle <laughs> And with the TTC, it's always it's always uh, an, uh, an experience because that vehicle is sometimes not moving very quickly. Yeah, especially that line that you take. Yeah, from... any any point between like Eglinton and and Shepherd yeah. and like North York Center, that that thing is not moving very quickly. But it was moving too quickly for me. <laughs> it was just the rocking. I was basically sitting in those like you know those blue uh, handicap seats. Yeah. Um, I was just sitting there with my head between my legs. Just, just hoping to God I wasn't going to puke. <laughs> and I, I eventually, I just had to get out. I had to get out at Eglinton and get some fresh air. Yeah, yeah. I had to get out. And then I had to get to the washroom. So if anything will make you induce vomiting, it's going into a TTC washroom. <laughs> yeah. And I was just there, and I just couldn't get anything to happen. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, you know, I've had some time to recuperate. Let me get home. And, and then I got home, and stuff happened. And then I just had a couple of days to just chill out. But my body is still rebuilding itself right now. So, yeah, I, I can imagine, man. But let me tell you, the flatulence just hasn't been, it just hasn't <laughs> been pleasant at all. Like, it's, it's those kind of like, you know how a normal fart will just like come out and then go away. But like when shit's not right. Yeah. That fart will like come out and just hang in the air <laughs> like an uninvited guest just hanging around your house. Yeah, I know. I find the morning after a night of heavy drinking, that's when like the the farts are are extreme. Like it'll, it'll hang, and the dumbest thing to do is like fart right beside before you get in the car, but then nothing hasn't aired out yet. Right, <laughs> and then you sit in, you're just like, oh shit, I got bask in this. Yeah, that shit is all around you like a halo, like an aura. Yeah, there's no car air freshener in the world that will like allow that to dissipate. You just gotta ride. You just gotta ride that thing out by then. You just gotta ride with your dark passenger all the way, <laughs> like Dexter. Yeah. So, what do we have on tap today? I think we're talking like AI. Right. Uh, there's a few articles that I that I found uh, interesting. One in particular that that caught my attention. Let me just pull it up. It's about this um, AI robot named Sophia, and this. 
AI robot was created out of uh, a Hong Kong company. And basically, Sophia is, has been labeled the first uh, robot citizen in the world. Was it by like Israel, or not Israel, by, uh, was it Dubai? Um, basically, this robot got named an official city citizen by Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you guys know anything about Saudi Arabia, <laughs> is that real women there don't have any rights at all. <laughs> yeah. In fact, real women just got the right to learn how to drive there. So it's got, it's got to piss them off. It's got, yeah. it's got to piss off the real women there that, you know, they struggle all this time yeah. to like, you know, earn their own, their own right. Did you actually see that the clip of us, uh, Sophia talking to, or, uh, making an address to, I basically like the conference that she was in. I saw one of the conferences, um, that one, I don't know if you're talking about the same one, but they asked Sophia at some point, basically, do you want to destroy humans? And Sophia's like, yes. I want to destroy humans. Now get out of here. For if real? I if I heard, I, I don't know if Sophia knew what she was talking about. Yeah, but I wouldn't take that the chance. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make any assumptions. I would shut that off immediately. I would destroy it any way I could. That's that's a crazy thing though. Like there's been surveys done with um, just normal people asking them if they would like actually, you know, kill kill a robot like a AI robot like Sophia. They said no because you know. There's, there's some, for some reason, people put like some kind of like human attachment to a robot where they think that, oh, you can't kill a robot because it's human. And I don't understand where that link is. And there's other like um, activists that's been making a point. It's like, okay, well, you're giving a, a robot more rights than say a chimpanzee or a gorilla. And they're just as, maybe they're not as smart, but that is actually a live and breathing organism, right? Right, and and I guess I, I'm going to key in on, on one of the things you said. What? How do we define uh, a living being's intelligence or smartness? Right? Is Sophia smart just because it's been programmed to like have a Wi-Fi connection or whatever, and then search the internet for you know what it thinks is the right thing to say at any given point in time? I mean, it's been it's been programmed without any pre-prepared answers. Yeah. So it's been programmed to search for things and to relay what it thinks is the right thing to say. So I don't know if that, in my mind, counts as intelligence. Yeah. It may reflect the intelligence of the creator itself, but mm -hmm. not of the actual entity. I wonder if it does pass. I'm not sure if it passes that. There's a test where people say it's like the standard to determine if an AI is almost like a human. I think it's a Turing, Turing test okay. or something. Um, but I agree. Like... You mentioned that uh, article where it says that same robot said that it has a desire to have babies too. Right. But at the same time, it's just saying what it thinks is what the majority of women might say instead of actually having that desire. It's just basically preparing a quote to deliver. Like, And, and the logic there is not... It seems like it's not quite... 100% sound. It's like it's delivering yeah. sound bites almost. So it wants to have a baby and it says that, you know, having a baby is basically what people do. Yeah. People get emotions. People have these relationships called families and people have, uh, you know, people outside their blood relatives who they marry yeah. and then they have kids. Like that sounds like such a, a political sound bite. I yeah. think Sophia is like, 
basically like any politician that you've ever met, like the Hillary Clinton types who just say will say whatever is seems to be right at the moment. Yeah, no, uh, for me, I I go from behind and just like pull it toward and just end end it right there. You you know, I'm pretty savage in terms of you know willingness to kill stuff. Well, I haven't killed anything, but I'm just saying, like, it's too late. People well, have heard it already. Yes. <laughs> I have not killed anything. But I'm just saying, like, a robot-wise, you know, there's some strange attachment. Again, like, earlier in, in our conversation, it's just, like, even if you have a robot dog, and it's clearly a robot dog, and you know it is because it's, you know, they don't put they don't even bother putting in any skin or anything on it you can see the bare bone of that robotic but it's a dog but apparently there was one time where people were just as a researcher they're just showing them how the dog can get up after you kick it down or when it falls over people got so pissed off that they're like complaining they're like, you can't treat this robot dog like that you can't just kick it you're abusing it you're hurting that dog i'm like for real man <laughs> and those combine almost the two types of people that are the most dramatic in the world. The people who care about animals more than that than they care about humans and the people that care about robots more than they care about humans. Now you've combined them into like one unholy person. Yeah. Right? There's people that probably care about the Roomba more than they care about people because the Roomba is intelligent, right? It could like see corners and see tables yeah. and like go around it, right? So, I mean, your robot, your Roomba is a smart creature, right? Yeah. But when that time comes, you know, I'll be ready to fight this AI invasion. It feels like it's, it's, you know, you see all these robots doing backflips and running now. You know, it's just a matter of time when when they're able to do something and think for themselves. They're going to come running at us. Like those those robots out of like MIT or in Boston, like those ones that look like, like a big cat, like a cheetah. That yeah, when, yeah, you, yeah. when you try to kick them over, you can't kick them over. Yeah. That one, uh, there's that other one that was doing backflips that was running and, and such. But the best one was the, the stripper, the stripper robot. Right. <laughs> the one that was just... Just dance. I'm like, eventually that's going to be merged and you're going to have like the skin of Sophia on that <laughs> robot. And then it's just going to answer and talk to you. And basically, you know, that's the next step of like sex robots. Having seen some, you know, strippers in my lifetime, I might say that these stripper robots might already be amongst us. I feel like, yeah, that robot was actually dancing better yeah. than, than some, some of the strippers some I've of, ever seen. Some of the lower talent ones. Yeah got more emotions actually you know like uh sometimes you see a stripper and they have like dead eyes right they're just there because the paycheck is waiting for them yeah but no i mean that's that's where it's gonna go i mean if you watch more and more of these shows like black mirror right they're they're showing like all these technology that are like pretty extreme but you're seeing it it's, it's They'll talk about it, but within a year or two, they push it out. It's like Facebook. I was, you know, telling on the line of like deactivating my Facebook account, and then just came across a a option where it asks, or they ask you actually, you know, if you were to pass away, you know, can we should we turn off your, or, you know, shut your Facebook account off? I'm like that. That is nuts. That's scary. You don't get control of that Facebook. Tell Zuckerberg to stay away. But it brings up an interesting point um, that these robots could also be used for good as well. Like, it, it's a fine line, and we have to 
use our own human judgment to determine where that line lies. But we know that human judgment is flawed. So, I mean, in different cases, you'll have uh, different extremes. For example, there's robots that are being used as training tools for kids or for learning tools as kids. Yeah. Um, you have robots that are being used for emotional support. And I guess the big debate is should robots or should, be, should AI be used for emotional support for children and people who are depressed or they have anxiety? Uh, one argument is that it actually is someone like it's really hard to get a piece of someone's time you know, talk to them and, and see if they understand. And it could be someone who's uncomfortable with, you know, talking to you about it. They might not be able to help you with it. But a robot has all the right things to say, right? Yeah. A robot will sit there and listen to you. A robot will spit out what it thinks is right to say. Yeah. So a robot might be able to give you more feedback than like your friends or your family might. Or you might be embarrassed to talk to them about a certain issue and you could talk to that robot. At the same time, it's one of those things where should you be forming a false emotional bond with this this being this entity yeah right and it might be more har- harmful in the long run to actually have that that relationship that false relationship yeah i don't see how you can actually it's good that you, those people are like especially people that are depressed would have someone to talk to well even just using the word someone like i'm saying it like a robot is a actual person right i mean it's hard like how can it be when you think about it there's so many humans now on this planet yet you know there's actually more people that don't know how to talk to another person like face to face it's getting worse and worse actually yeah so i mean is that is that part of how it is where you get to a point where the human race just has so the population is so big or so large that eventually you're going to have these different, you know, individuals that can't communicate or doesn't have that social, you know, capability to connect with people. And that way, that's one of like what nature's way of self-control or population control. You know, I think that all the, the technological advancements that we're making, you know, you, you go up to any restaurant or any any um, any family event, you see five people with their heads buried on their phones. You walk onto the subway, you don't see people reading the newspaper anymore, or you don't see people having conversations. You see everyone like watching their their iPad or their 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 cell phone. Um, I think that robots, AI robots that can that you can actually communicate with and they can help you, they should be used as a, as just like anything else, just like any other tool. A professional might have a tool that can help you through a certain situation or help a, a patient or someone who's dealing with anxiety or depression it could help them what i'm a little iffy about is allowing children to rely on that as a a caregiver and be like some sort of friend that they can kind of rely on um and case in point i don't know if you remember back in the day we had like nano pets yeah and uh tamagotchi Right. Yeah. And and we had these little device and you'd have to take care of it. You'd have to like feed it and like give it affection, shower it affection. You basically could never allow that to leave your side at any point. Yeah. Because that thing will shit everywhere. <laughs> that thing will die. Yeah. Or it'll 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 run away or something. It'll run away or yeah. get sick and die or whatever and you have to take care of it. Or and, or like the Tamagotchi, if you don't take care of it and play with it and feed it, it just turns into a, a ugly Tamagotchi. Right. <laughs> 
And, you know, it reached a point where, like, parents would buy this for their kids. And schools had to ban that shit from from the classroom. Yeah. So then the kids would give that to their parents, and their parents are taking care of it while they're at work all the time. And basically, the kids and their parents were all enslaved to this little device. Yeah. And I think with the way AI is going, may not be actual robot enslavement like Terminator. Yeah. Right? It might be we're enslaved to the idea that these entities are actual living beings, and we are now considering those feelings and bowing down to them. You have kids playing games with robots. Like uh, there's these little like handheld robots, not not bigger than the size of a, like a Barbie doll or GI yeah. Joe, that kids can play with, and this robot can play a game with you. So you have these flashing cubes, and when all the cubes match, uh, I think you're supposed to touch the cube, and then whoever touches the cube first wins the game. And I, I read this Atlantic article where um, the the robot was playing with the kid and the kid was actually letting the robot win because if the robot doesn't win the robot actually shows the emotions that a human would show if the robot if a human doesn't win they would For like real. get mad because it makes it has pre-programmed facial expressions yeah so it would like show a mad face it would get frustrated when it doesn't win yeah and then when it came time for the um the adult to play with with the the robot the kid was getting frustrated that the adult was not letting the robot win <laughs> you're hurting his feelings dad you're not letting it win. Yeah, that's that's scary because like you're just thinking. Eventually, when AI gets to a point where they can self-learn, was it they're saying like, oh, they can learn basically what we've learned or our species have learned over the last like hundred thousands of years, in just a matter of second, they can just download everything that we ever had, and then from there, it's just an exponential growth, right? Because they can take calculations and they can find details the way that they work, their brain works or yeah like how their circuits kind of program is going to be you know significantly you know smarter and more efficient than what we can do right yeah and not only that as we get older and older those robots are now playing with our children those robots are indoctrinating our children yeah so when this eventual war does happen our kids are going to be on the side of the robots we don't stand a chance yeah no for sure there's yeah it's it's getting to to a point where it's kind of scary just to think about it like you know glad our last podcast kind of introduced a couple of people to this uh, google home device and but it still doesn't stop them from thinking twice about getting a google home right and and, and the issue i was just joking about the robot enslavement by the way i don't think that's actually going to happen maybe it's, not it's in hard, our lifetime it's hard to convey sarcasm <laughs> over the over the airways um but with the google home what i'm even more scared of is that whoever's listening on the other end not a, not a machine or a robot but if a person actually gets a hold of that yeah like people are way more evil than i think these ai robots are ever going to get yeah i agree like just touching on that story having a device listen to you at all times it's gone to a point where it's crossing like the legal barrier like the law right a lot of cases where or there's one case where someone actually told like the court like oh yeah I give you the rights to, you know, listen to my Alexa and to hear what I was doing the entire time just to prove that they were innocent. And the fact that 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 is the case that, you know, Alexa was recording everything. It's not just listen, not just actively listen. When you actively listen just to have that prompt like, okay, Google or hello, Alexa, then sure, that that's fine. But 
the fact that they record it and that it's actually transcripted somewhere somewhere off in the cloud like i don't even understand how the cloud works right now but you know they have everything you say it's i can't see why anyone wants to deal with that they can say oh i don't say anything bad you know normally so why why should i be afraid of it but you got to kind of rewind and think back like okay is everything that you say in the confine of your home where you think you're you're in the privacy where you know no one can pull up anything you say it is that is that you know because every single conversation that you have with you know maybe your friends or your parents or family or significant others you think it's you know it's all purely secretive but what if some shit turn turns to hell they're like you know what you said so and so about this right like you have that permanent wiretap in your house at all times and thinking about that device like you know when sometimes you know you're talking to those device and it's like sorry i didn't get that sorry i didn't hear that yeah that shit is being programmed into that to basically gain our, our trust and confidence yeah that it's not listening to us all the time yeah. like bitch if you didn't if you didn't <laughs> understand that how you have a full transcript of everything i've said yeah no no yeah that's basically like you said like even on this podcast just you know talking about that you said maybe the sarcasm that you had doesn't really trans translate imagine if you're just reading straight up transcript like right you can't tell right it's hard enough when sometimes when you're just texting back and forth with people you know people can read a message in totally different ways so right. i mean you could be like you know i destroyed that motherfucker and then it turns out that that person died <laughs> at some point and now you're the prime suspect in that murder case because you said you were going to destroy them yeah like what's what's the context right like i just you... i destroyed them in a game of chess like yeah <laughs> you could be playing get video games you know call of duty you know i killed that bitch you know <laughs> yeah. but that that is one of the things that has kept me away from such a device and it's kind of funny to see not funny but surprising to see a you know a couple of our friends have it so so i guess we know which houses we'll be staying away from yeah i'll be keeping my mouth shut there <laughs> that'll be a first time in history that you actually accomplish that <laughs> yeah impossible <laughs> give me a couple of drinks but yeah I mean, fake news. Not you too. Hmm? Not you too. You're not using that phrase too. No, 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 no. Not fake news. But just reading up on on technology. Just I watch YouTube every now and then. Pretty much every now and then. It's every night, and mm-hmm. you can watch like the way that everything splice. And recently, like Adobe had this new program that they came out with, and it's actually making it even easier for people to make you know fake news clips okay. and you know i think that's one of the big thing that's come that's going to happen in t- 2018 actually people never really thought about fake news as much until recently until, right but, until trump came in right until until this election cycle came around nobody had really considered that the world would be flooded with, with fake news i mean you see articles out there that are you know kind of iffy like you can tell by the website if the website looks kind of shitty yeah probably don't trust that but they've got professional operations out there now that are just cranking out these like cnn bbc type articles that you would not be able to tell the difference yeah right it's not like it's written like an onion article yeah it's actually like looks like legit news but it's coming somewhere out of russia or north korea or something yeah that's 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 one of the things that i think a lot of people don't realize like i I can't say like uh, I'm I'm a freaking genius or I'm smart, but at least I'm aware 
that not everything on the internet is right. Like just because you do a Google search doesn't mean what you pull up is correct, right? They people buy websites and buy URLs, and it can seem like it's real, but I'm just thinking majority of the you know you know how say they say common sense isn't common at all, right? And this is one of the things where common sense isn't common, like. For people that, especially older generations, when they're, you know, first hopping onto the, you know, the internet, the interwebs. Yeah, the interwebs. They're they're kind of pulling up articles and they think everything's kind of real, just because they, to them, like newspaper and and the news news channels are always, you know, they're speaking the truth. But really, it's, you know, I guess maybe they're not as sinister as us and where we don't, you know, back in the day, you, we had our parents saying, you know, don't trust strangers. Right. But I think. You know, because now that they get to a certain age, they're the they're the ones acting like kind of like kids that you have to remind them, hey, this is not real. You know that, right? Right. Yeah. All those chain letters I get from like aunties and uncles, those things where if I don't open it or send it to like ten people, I'm gonna die. Yeah. They probably legitimately believe in that. <laughs> yeah, the fact that they pull you in and they send it to you, I'm like, dude, who? It's yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's that's one of the things that. Yeah, recently, you know, a lot of discussions. If we, are, if I'm out there talking to people, you know, if they're telling me, "Hey, I did my research," I actually question, like, "Hey, what's your research? Like, did you actually read a book, <laughs> or did you like just go online and pull up some random information?" I kind of believe like kids these days, when they're doing their 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 research essays, are not actually ever going to get a book at any point. No, because I guess the reliance on having that timely material. Or that timely information is more and more important these days, but then again, I haven't written an essay since like high school, I think. So, <laughs> and back then there was no Wikipedia. Yo, imagine if we were doing, yeah, we use Wikipedia every single one. Like being in grade six, I bet you, like, if you have an essay on like War of eighteen twelve, every single essay will be straight up from Wikipedia. Right, and I guess the technology at that point didn't exist to even catch you. Like all those turnitin.com websites probably weren't even around at that point to, to yeah. catch you. No, I think. When do you think Wikipedia came about? I don't think Wikipedia was around when we were in high school. But turnitin was was around. I think. I think turnitin.com was around probably before. But when we got into university, that was the first time I actually heard about it. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, I think Wikipedia was like in the latter stages, like. Maybe our last year in university or so, that's where it came became very popular, right? Dude, I remember like this kind of off topic. I remember meeting friends in university, and you know we were studying um, great uh, first year accounting. Yeah. So like we were studying at my house, and he's like, "Oh, let me show you uh, this video site called YouTube," and I'm like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, what is that? Like, there's there was n- nothing in my mind that existed like that, and I found that so amazing. That's one of the distinctive mo- mo- moments in my mind where I like, I got introduced to this technology that is now so ubiquitous in our lives that I'm I was just totally like clueless about. Yeah, no, I agree. Like the the moment of finding YouTube and like the share, yeah, it's just like YouTube and Facebook. The early stages of it was so it was awesome. It's like the purest form. Right. You like could only join Facebook if you were like a university or college student. Yeah. Like you're getting newsfeed. You're actually getting real, you know, like what's happening with your friends, you know, not like what's happening now where it's suggested. They actually like, um, was it recently 
they came out and said, hey, there's an algorithm that, you know, Facebook can tell if you're like unhappy. And if you're unhappy, they will actually send you suggested posts. Like it's not even your friends that share that post. It's, you know, it'll say suggested up top and then it'll show you like stuff just to make you happier or kind of, you know, matches up with whatever your mood mood is. Right. Yeah. I, I think I've, I've heard of that happening before. I am not a, a heavy Facebook user and I don't, I don't really click on those Facebook news links at all. Like the links that are on the right hand side. Yeah. That they're showing me. I, I hardly ever click on those because I don't know. No, what, man, what it's straight it. up in the feed now. Oh, okay. Like you, you'll be scrolling because it's because before you can set the set into um, most recent posts versus like top posts. Okay. But now Facebook just sticks on like top posts. No matter what you do, you have to go and manually change it to, you know, recent posts for you to see anything. And so these are posts that are made by friends or these are just stories that that facebook will plant in your if it's if it's most if it's top posts then it's like stories that facebook would plant okay so it's kind of because i noticed a lot more of it because the last couple months when i was you know i would like you know random soccer items i would start seeing a whole bunch of random soccer articles that are coming out like highlights like clickbaits pretty much and i was just like what the heck is going on and I think one of the biggest things with Facebook, where it's still useful, it's the event planning. Like, that's one way to get everyone to RSVP versus like what, what else? What kind of other platform is there? Evite, right? Evite. I, I hardly ever click on those Evites, and yeah. I never look back. And then you have to add it to your calendar and stuff. Well, Facebook's right there. Facebook will manage that for you. Yeah, exactly. In fact, Facebook will send you a notification like a week before the event, saying you have this event this week. Yeah. And then two days before, it'll send you another reminder. Yeah. I think those are like, that's the two functions that I use the most. But apparently, there's a new add-in or plugin that you can put on your your web browser where it basically clears out your entire feed. So when you sign into uh, Facebook, there's no feeds. And it's just completely blank. And all you do is just you, you can decide to go to someone else's page. That's how you look at their stuff. But it doesn't work on mobile. Okay. Yeah. Where 99% of the people are actually using Facebook on their mobile. Yeah. That's the thing. See, like, I was thinking if I can ever create an app where I take that evite, but then it doesn't matter. If it, was, if it was ever successful, Facebook would just buy it out or some other place would just buy it out and then bastardize that app anyways. Or they'd have you killed either way. Yeah. <laughs> But they can't stop at killing you because I will carry on your message and then I will be killed. (laughs) But at least we'll release it on this podcast. They can't kill all of our listeners, all 32 (laughs) of our (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it goes back to like YouTube, right? The autoplay, the auto playlist. Um, Yeah, I find myself at nighttime when you're just like Chromecasting and you're just watching videos and then. If you don't catch yourself stopping that video, you're you're stuck in a hole, man. You go in a deep rabbit hole. That's like the Wikipedia spiral that I or the sorry, the YouTube spiral that I found. Yeah. Where you just enter that playlist, but then you see those recommended videos. Yeah. And then you click on the next one and all of a sudden like two, three hours are gone. Yeah, yeah. And I and I the reason why I stumbled on it, I said Wikipedia, because I do that with Wikipedia as well. <laughs> yeah. Where I'll start reading one article and I'll see a hot link and I'll click that link yeah. and all of a sudden like I'm reading about like Hitler or something like, <laughs> and I don't know how I got there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know what you're saying because it's just 
you're reading this person's like life story and next thing you know oh he was hooking up with this person let's check out what you know what they look like what they do and then next thing you know you're you're like seven page deep and you know the guy's background entirely right you know his story better than you know your own story at that point yeah that's true but i mean that's that's technology you just got to be kind of yeah wary of it just know how to control it like you said like you go out for dinner and you see people just on their phone trying to actively cut down on that myself as well uh you know deleting any apps that's kind of suck me in there i still have instagram on but sooner or later i feel like you know that should go and then after that i I feel like my phone won't die in two hours right i think you know for for me especially because you know i'm out there on the dating scene just to let my 32 listeners know (laughs) um basically you're sitting at a table with someone and basically you're you're trying to give that person all the attention that you think that they want yeah but like you've got this devil in your pocket just like crying for attention have you ever busted out your phone in the middle of a date i I try not to i try not to but you know sometimes you really want to like describe something to someone and like you obviously your words from using all this technology all these years you are inept at describing stuff yeah so you're like let me take out my phone and show you yeah and then you've just like kind of succumbed to that technology that was like lurking in the, in the background the whole time. Yeah. Like people used to just socialize with each other and then have a conversation. And if something was unknown, you would just leave it at an unknown. Yeah. Like, oh, move on to the next thing. You know, I, you know, I thought I, I thought I remembered this. I don't remember it. Yeah. So let's talk about something else. Now you can bust out your phone to prove it or to jog your memory. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, there's good and, and bad, but you know, looking at, you know, some of the profiles that I see out there on like these, these sites or these apps, like most of the, like these girls requirements is that I want a guy doesn't look at his phone, doesn't, you know, look at his phone on the date. But that does. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's a very, very basic and low requirement. Yeah. Like there should be other things that people are looking for, but the fact that they're calling that out means that most of the people they're meeting just don't know how to act. Yeah. I feel that's probably like the main thing I can imagine like dating in the dating scene now, if like someone, if it, if things get kind of awkward and boring and you bust up the phone and it's just like one, one way to kind of signal, it's like, Hey, you know, pretty much done. I don't think I've ever been that boring yeah. or bored to do that. I think that's, I mean, I'm not always the most polite guy. I feel like that's kind of rude though. I think that's our 32 listener probably knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they can attest to that. Well, um, I mean, they're welcome to start their own podcast and, <laughs> and, and blast me on that. Yeah, but have have you heard of this thing called the Hater app? Uh yes, actually, because you sent me a link to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you? Did you try downloading? I, I did not. You should try it out just just to let us know how how that works. So tell us how does it work? I think in Tinder, most dating apps, you're, you're trying to find someone with like similar interests, right? Right. This one Al- just, allegedly. Allegedly, yeah. <laughs> I guess for Tinder, you you don't actually select like music, like oh, you like reggae or. You like pop or you like rock, right? Sometimes you could see the interests listed. Oh yeah, no one it's not no, a filter. Right? No they one ever do a filter. No one ever looks at that stuff. Yeah, but like this one, I think it's just straight up like I don't know. I I haven't I've never used it myself, so I was hoping you 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 used it or you know that should have been a requirement for preparation for this podcast. Yeah, you should have had homework. I imagine what happens is it's it runs with like hashtag right where you you know you hate I don't know you hate anchovies or hashtag 
anchovies. And then from there, they kind of filter it out and be like, hey, these people have the most item of hate. But I don't know if that's like the healthiest of relationships. Right. Where do they draw the line on these hating topics? Like <laughs> you're talking about, you know like, where I'm going. Right? Yeah, I know where like, you're could going. Could it be used like, you know what? Italians. <laughs> you know what? I really don't like Italians. Hey, me too. Yeah. I guess download it and tell us next episode how, how that works. And then when I get charged for a hate crime <laughs> at some point, will you be there to bail me out? Will one of the 32 listeners be there to bail me out? Yo, we'll use, we'll use this proof. I'm pretty sure uh, they can trans, transcribe this and then they can hear what we're talking about. All you have to do is play this on the loudspeaker in your living room and let your Google Home or Alexa pick it up. <laughs> and I think we're good. Yeah. But... I mean, that's where it's going, man, for, for the dating scene. That's how I think part of this podcast will be you telling us your, you know, dating experience. I have to be careful about that. Um, <laughs> Tell me you're not, like, giving out our podcast to, to girls you're dating. Well, I, I mean, guess it's the quickest way into, like, into your soul. It, it, it's one of those things where, you know, I guess people know that I'm into podcasts. These girls know that I'm into it. Yeah. And then I say, well, I even have one that I'm doing with a friend. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'd love to listen to it. I'm like, nope, <laughs> nope. I'd rather you get to know me before you get to know this recording of me. Yeah. That might be controversial. I think most of the people that are listening to this know me. They've known me for years. Yeah. And they can tell when I'm joking and when I'm not joking. You know, what I'm saying for a laugh versus what I'm saying is, like, serious. Yeah. But someone listening to the first time, listening to some of the things that I say, might get scared off. I was actually surprised, you know, like, our first podcast, the main the main thing that we talked about was weed. I'm surprised a lot of people were, you know, you know, they listened through to the whole thing and they didn't have much judgment on that. Right. I think what we were able to do was take that topic and actually sound intelligent about it. Slightly, however so. Right. I mean, I've, I've acknowledged several times how uneducated we are. <laughs> but I actually had, like, not to form too much of a stance or opinion, but we had actual, like, discussion points and the fact that we established the people that are arguing against weed as more, like, as less credible than we are. Yeah. By the arguments that they make in front of, in front of their peers and, like, to the press. Yeah. So... I felt like that was an easy one to like wade into. The fact that we were able to take that topic and naturally flow it into other things, I yeah. think, was a strong point that we should be working on as we go as we go on. Yeah, yeah. Has anyone, you know, like I think we were pimping out our, or at least I was trying to pimp out this podcast a lot harder than I should have. It's it's just fun trying to get people to know that that we're doing something like this, even though some, you know. Some of them came back and said, this is basically what you guys talk about at the bar. Right. And I think, I don't know about you, but that feedback actually seems pretty okay to me. Yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, at the end of the day, there's still going to be topics that we're going to bring up that, you know, probably you and I are a little bit more well-read than versus like when we hang out with our friends outside of the bar, right? Right. Like I would say nutrition, you know, sometimes some of these AI stuff, because we got to, you know actually go out and do some research right to talk about any of this stuff very surface research but right and i think you know basically based on your experience with nutrition and fitness and part of the the struggles that i've had 
and the changes that I've made over the, the last year, I think we could probably have a, a decent discussion. Here's some ideas for podcast number three or four. Yeah. Podcast number three, actually, you got to have a guest, I think. Okay. If, so, we can, if we can line it up, we'll have a guest. And I wonder if we're going to do it more interview style. I, I think so. I think that person will have quite a bit to say. I think I you're thinking about the person that I'm thinking about as well. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I look forward to that change in style. Hopefully, um, I guess hopefully our audience likes that too. Yeah. What do you think? Are we good? Uh, I think we're good. I think we're better than good, actually. Yeah. Sounds great. Big, 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 big